Good morning. Well, good afternoon. It feels like morning. <laughs> the darkness. I bring you greetings from London. It was such a great time to be there and to see all the saints of London and Birmingham and the disciples from Berlin and Edinburgh and Amsterdam and Paris and all over Europe. Um, so before I get started, uh, in London I got to do a lesson on um, becoming an excellent, excellent at mothering. And so if you want to watch that lesson, you guys can go and watch it another time online. But um, today's lesson I'm doing is on greater fruitfulness. And, uh, you know, it's funny, many shows and movies, they talk about what women want. You know, it's usually men trying to figure out what do women want. And um, lucky for us, we know the answer. Uh, I believe it's really simple. All women are looking for something in this life that brings them happiness and satisfaction. And lucky for us, um, we have exactly what all women want. Really, in our relationship with God, we have that happiness and satisfaction. Uh, you guys, most of you guys know the story in John 4, the Samaritan woman, right, who had an encounter with Jesus. And uh, she was a woman who had a lot of issues with the relationships. Uh, we don't know what the circumstances of those relationships were, but we know that she had four husbands, and the fifth man she was with, she was sleeping with, but it was not her husband. And Jesus really pulls out her heart in that statement. And Jesus, in, in John 4.10, it says, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. You see, water in the Bible always symbolized a fresh start, a new beginning. And that's why we love New Year's, is because it gives us this vision of a fresh start, a new beginning. I don't know how the first 13 days of January have been going for you. Hopefully they've been refreshing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But Jesus knew this woman was seeking something. And uh, he assured her that he was the answer. I am the living water. What I can give you will fill you and will give you satisfaction for the rest of your life. So I want to pick up in John 7 now because we all became disciples, right? Yeah. So in John 7, Jesus talks about living water once again. So pick up John 7, 37. John 7, 37, it says, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who had believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So Jesus says not only uh, can we have living water, but as disciples who have the Holy Spirit, living water can flow from us. So we can bring living water to many women in the world, specifically in Stockholm. We all, like uh, the Samaritan woman, have access to Jesus, um, but God wants us to give access through the Spirit and through us. In Matthew 13, we know that uh, it talks about how Jesus says, "You, you have ears, but you do not hear. You have eyes, but you do not see. Why? Because they have calloused hearts. And that's the the fact of the matter. The women here in Stockholm, and even us sometimes, can have calloused, hard hearts. And so 
I was in the shower this morning, and that's often where I get these like ideas. I don't know about where you guys get inspired, but for me, it's like a shower. It's like the time where like there's no other distractions, and I'm just like thinking about the day. And I was like, okay, what do I want to preach about about greater fruitfulness? And um, I was thinking about living water, and I thought how powerful water is. And so after I got out of the shower, I went to ChatGPT. And ChatGPT helped me learn more about how water works at breaking down hard things, aka rocks. And so um, today we will learn how to have greater fruitfulness by using living water. So there are five ways that water erodes and breaks down rock. And today we will look at three. So three ways that we can use living water to be greater in our fruitfulness. The first point is greater abrasion in Bible talks. Greater abrasion in Bible talks. So abrasion, what is that? (laughs) As water moves, amen, it's not standing water, it's moving water, right? So as water moves, it carries sediments like sand, pebbles, and other particles. These particles can act like sandpaper rubbing against the surface of rocks and wearing them down over time. So as... As I was thinking about, it carries sediments and other particles. It's like, okay, as living water, we can bring people with us, right? In Matthew 2.2, we can go there. Matthew 2.2, we're talking about abrasion in Bible talks. So Matthew 2.2, sorry, Mark 2.2. Wrote that down wrong in my notes. Mark 2.2. It says, So many gathered there that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him into Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. After digging through it, they lowered the man, the paralyzed man, the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And so this is amazing because in making abrasive Bible talks, we've got to be moving, first of all. So we've got to be active. And um, we've got to be sharing our faith and bringing people to the Bible talks, right? What's amazing is when we bring sediments, particles with us to Bible talk, it actually helps our heart. So first I'm talking about uncalcing our hearts leads to greater fruitfulness. And then when you bring people to the Bible talk, what really moves their heart is the hospitality and love. So you get a soft heart by bringing a visitor. They get a soft heart by experiencing the Bible talk. So my question is, in moving, in this abrasive movement, when's the last time you've had a visitor? And I want to point out here that is four people who brought this paralytic man. And so it's not always about independently doing things on your own, but it's really about rallying around. If you're not having a great time bringing visitors, who can you attach yourself to really go find that paralytic person and work together to bring visitors? The other question is, okay, maybe you have visitors. Awesome. How's it going being welcoming and present in the Bible talk? Are you really giving your whole heart in the Bible talk? You see, Bible talks are where fruit multiply in the church. Every Bible talk is like a little family within the church. So the dad of the Bible talk is the leader. The mom of the Bible talk is the co-leader. And if you're not a leader, that's awesome because you're going to be training to be one. Everybody should have the mindset of, okay, I need to imitate mom and dad 
so that I can raise up and be a leader. This is how we multiply, by baptizing and raising up leaders. And so greater fruit will come when we really go after this. If your Bible talk is not being fruitful, you as a person cannot make the church more fruitful. You really have to own your Bible talk. So make it incredible. One, bring visitors, but two, make it awesome. I think it was uh, Rebecca Basari who preached on having greater Bible or excellent Bible talks. Listen to that and be convicted. It's a great lesson. So my first point was um, greater abrasion in Bible talks. My second point is greater action through faith. So in this eroding, second erosion process is called the hydraulic action. This occurs when the force of moving water dislodges and removes, removes rock particles. The pressure of water against the rock surface can weaken it, leading to detachment of particles. So we'll go to Mark 1. Mark 1, 22. How do we have greater action through faith? Mark 1, verse 22. It says... The people were amazed at Jesus' teachings because he taught to them as one who had authority, not as teachers of the law. People felt the pressure and water, living water in their presence when they saw Jesus because he taught with authority. Now go to Matthew 28. I know you know the scripture, but I just want to remind you. Matthew 28. Matthew 28, I'm sure some of you guys can recite it for me. But it says in verse um, 18, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. So Jesus had the authority to teach and preach in the synagogues, but now he has given us the authority to go make disciples. Jesus has all authority. And so do we through his word. In Titus 2.15, you don't have to go there, but it says, These then are the th- things they should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. And so in order to have forceful action in faith is really having biblical standards as your standard. This is what's going to give you authority to be even more fruitful, even greater fruitful, because it's not about you. It's about Jesus. If you preach the message Jesus preached, people will say, whoa, this woman has authority. Like, how does she have that confidence? Like, because you know that Jesus gives you that authority. And what's amazing is living water doesn't have to be loud to be forceful. You just stick to your guns, stick to the Bible. People try to go off on tangents and stuff in Bible studies all the time. You stick to the Bible. In Proverbs, it says, gentle answers break a bone. And so do not discredit the, what God says. He says, a gentle and quiet spirit is what God really admires in women, right? Yeah. And so we don't need to be men in order to be forceful. We just need to be that living water. So I want to really encourage you guys to have that forceful uh, action through faith. Really be intentional in examining the hearts of the women you're studying the Bible with. We want to make disciples, not religious people. So if you want to have greater fruit, make them into great fruit. (laughs) And so really go after standing on the authority of the Bible. And that's not only in studies, but also in discipling times. 
how we help raise each other up and become greater disciples for Jesus is through the Bible. And my third point for greater fruitfulness is greater weathering. Greater weathering. There's a saying that if someone weathers a storm, it means they succeed in reaching the end of a very difficult period without much harm or damage. And so there's a, the erosion word for water is freeze-thaw weathering. So I was like, okay, what does that mean? So it says, in colder climates, hello, Stockholm, water can get into cracks and crevices in rocks when the temperature drops. Then the water freezes and expands, exerting pressure on the rock. This process known as freeze-thaw weathering can lead to the fragmentation of rocks. So in Sweden, we've got to learn how to use the seasons for our benefit. We got to get into the cracks and the places where people think we can't go or shouldn't go or maybe otherwise wouldn't be able to go and really stay there so we can expand our reach, really get to people we've never got to before. We got to be creative. In Jeremiah 17, 7, it says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends its roots out by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So in order to have to weather the storms, in order to weather all seasons as disciples and have greater fruitfulness, we've got to stay consistent in all seasons. In order to stay consistent, we need to be in step with the Spirit, in step with the living water. How do we do that? Consistent quiet times. I think we want to overcomplicate this greater fruitfulness. You just got to be close to God. It says, if you're planted by the stream, you're planted in Jesus, you will not fail to bear fruit in every season. Um, we've got to be consistent in sharing our faith. We've been given a goal, right? 39 till we hit 60 disciples. That includes, 39 includes everybody who share your faith online, in person, and your follow-up. So it is not beyond our ability but it needs to be consistent. If you want to change anything in your life, you need to be consistent. You want to change your fitness. You want to change how much you learn. You want to change how fruitful you are. You want to change anything in your life. It's just about consistency. Read Atomic Habits. It's a great book if you want to be fired up about change. But let's, and we've got to be consistent in perseverance. Because to be honest, greater fruitfulness will come with greater heartache. There will be a lot of times where you get your hopes up. You're, oh, this person's going to make it. And then they run. Or they do even worse. They start persecuting you, which is like a, oh, dagger in the heart. I gave my heart to you. Um, And so there will be times of great hardship when it comes to having greater fruit. But I want to close out with this scripture in, um, yeah, the scripture in Revelation 7, in verse 13, if you go there. Revelation 7.13, talking about the living water. Come on. Revelation 7, in verse 13, it says, Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? Stockholm, Sweden. I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of great tribulation, They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. 
and he sits on the throne. He who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Amen. For those days that we've been fasting. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So as we go on to greater fruitfulness, there will be some who make it, amen, to God be the glory, and there will be some who don't. Sometimes this is the hardest aspect of discipleship, but it's because we give our heart. We use our life to lay it down for Jesus, and as we use the living water to seek and save the lost from within us, let us remember that Jesus is leading us to eternal life. Let us fight for even greater fruitfulness in 2024 so we can make it to heaven and help as many other women to make it as well. So in this year for greater fruitfulness, let's go after having greater abrasion in our Bible talks. Take ownership for your Bible talks. Bring visitors, share your faith, be hospitable, be all in to your Bible talk. Um, The second, take greater action through faith, really standing on the authority of the Bible and do not move from that. And um, lastly, we've got to go through greater weathering, being willing to go through the hard times, the good times, in season, out of season, stay consistent, and we will make it to the end with many along with us. To God be the glory. Greater things that have been done before, even greater things.